Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. So during, during August, we thought we would do something a little bit different. Instead of just having the regular preachers team bring in, bringing a word through the summer, we thought we would do something that we're, we're terming Preacher's Corner. Um, which is kind of just an opportunity to um, give space for those who, some of our congregation and, 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 uh, and church members who maybe don't speak very often or maybe haven't spoken before. So we just asked, I think, seven or eight people if they would like to, to speak on, on a topic. And this week we have John Wiggy, and we also have... And we also have the very, very fantastic Matty Johnson as well. So each of these guys are going to kind of just speak for, for 10 or 15 minutes on the topic of hope this week, isn't it? There's faith last week, it's hope this week. So anyone want to have a prophetic word about what the next one's going to be about? <laughs> Why don't we welcome John? Come on. Give him some encouragement. Morning. So I'm speaking about hope today, as you know. Um, it went quite smoothly yesterday, but I'm a little concerned because I've got a cold today. So, no, that actually leads quite well into the preach, actually. Um, because if I say I have hope that I'm not going to sneeze too much, that's going to make sense in a minute. So, when I was looking into hope, um, the the best way... The best way that I could find to describe it <laughs> looks a bit like that. It's joyful certainty. Um, typically, it's about the future. Um, so hope is future-focused, but still very joyful. Um, if we hope, we expect, and it's with a joyful certainty. Um, unfortunately over time, because we abuse words, yes we do, um, their meaning can change. So while in the Bible we talk about hope, when the world talks about hope, they say something like, oh, I hope it's not going to rain tomorrow. That means, oh, it's probably going to rain tomorrow, but I'd really like it if it didn't. So typically when we use it as a verb, that's a doing word. We <laughs> we don't tend to mean joyful certainty. As I said, we mean uncertainty. But the, when the Bible talks about hope, it's more like how we use the wo- the noun. That's name of a person or an object. Um, I wonder if we'll get through this. 
It's, I have hope that it won't rain tomorrow. It's hard to misuse it when we use it as a noun. Name of an object or person. Um, the best way to clear up the confusion is to substitute the word hope for trust. So I trust that it won't rain tomorrow. There's no ambiguity there. Um, the Hebrew word, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce, I'll spell it. It's Q-A-W-A. -A. If anyone knows how to pronounce that, do speak up. That means hope as to trust. As in Jeremiah 14.22, our hope is in you. Our trust is in you. So that's all fine and well. But you can also substitute faith for trust as well. Um, and as we know, they are used distinctly in the Bible, faith and hope. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. So it becomes very interesting when we look at the difference between hope and faith. If you look at Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Um, the Greek word used for substance means to come under. So there's connotations of support and laying the groundwork. So essentially that verse reads, faith is the foundation of things hoped for. Um, foundation, it's a bit of a building term, but we also hear hope used in building terms. You don't build your hopes up. <laughs> like, for example, if I was 12 and I said, Dad, can we go to Disneyland? He would say, don't build your hopes up. <laughs> but Matthew 16, verses 13 to 18, it covers this thing. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, try saying that with a mouthful, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. That's Jesus' church to bring the good word to the world. That, that's hope. So is Jesus saying that Peter is the foundation of hope? If we take a peek at Matthew seven twenty four to 27, which I'm going to cover briefly, where Jesus speaks about the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. Therefore, anyone who, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. But it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. And conversely, if you build it on the sand, well, your house isn't going to last long. So essentially, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Jesus spoke about some pretty outlandish things for his time. He was saying that those who hear those things and put them into practice are the faithful. Not just wise, the faithful. 
So when Jesus refers to Simon Peter, he's talking about Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ. It's an expression of faith because it was revealed to him by God. And Jesus is like, yes, they get it. Hallelujah. Finally. That's what I'm looking for. That's it right there. So hope for salvation is built on the expression of faith. If you look at the first breath of hope in the Bible, it's in Genesis 3.15. After Adam and Eve have eaten the fruit they weren't supposed to, God addresses the snake. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. That is, that is the first whisper of hope and it goes throughout the rest of the Bible. So I'm coming on to the next point. And as I warned you last night, for those that were here last night, it's going to be some maths. I know it's Sunday morning. I'm sorry. Bear with me. If I have an equation that says something plus one equals three, if I think that something is two, and I put it back in to check, so two plus one equals three. Are you, are you still with me? That works. Two plus one equals three. So, for example, you can do it with words. If we look at the assertion that God equals love, we would take a mention of love in the Bible. So, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. So, if we substitute love in for God, God is patient, God is kind. It's still correct. We say that God is love because God is the ultimate expression of love. And so we consider him the best example and the definition of love. Now, it's coming back to hope here. Don't worry. Many expressions of hope in the Bible are tied to Jesus. Whether that's in his first mention of coming in Genesis, through the prophecies of the Messiah, or even his actions on earth and after his resurrection. So if I wanted to assert that Jesus is hope, then I might go back to Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, faith is the foundation of hope. That becomes, faith is the foundation of Jesus. Let's let that sink in. So throughout the Bible, God safeguarded and pruned the line and ensured a lineage would be fruitful enough to produce Jesus. There's the cold coming in. God searched for people who were faithful. We have more of an effect than we believe we do. So if I want to go a step further, faith is trust, but it's more. It's committing, committing without seeing. That means taking what's been said and putting it into practice and risking looking like a complete lemon. <laughs> so hope is founded on the faithful, not the available. Once more, trust is the foundation of Jesus. Those that God guided through the old covenant times didn't always know the part they were going to play in that lineage. God was putting his trust in us. God has joyful expectation for us all the time. He hopes and he has faith and he loves us. 
So what does hope look like? It's joyful certainty. As God defines love, perhaps Jesus defines hope. And hope inspires hope. It's infectious. I have a little verse I wrote. It's the first drops that trickle down to forge the roar of the river because it trickles down. And it starts with drops. Like faith starts the small of a mustard seed there, the size of a mustard seed. Hope can start small as well. So I'm going to finish with an example of hope and the effect that hope can have on others when we have it and they can see it. It's a short two-minute clip. I hope the relevant people are ready. Okay. Yeah. It is. It's very, very, very good. Excellent. Okay. When you're ready. His mother's expression of hope infected him, and he used it quite well to um, knock another man out. But (laughs) (laughs) the point is, (laughs) the point is, it it was greater than his trial. That's all I have to say. Fantastic, John. Thanks very much. Why don't we welcome Matty? So hope, Um, I was reading Romans 5 verse 2, which is what I want to start with, and that is, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we can now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And God really highlighted something to me during this week. He, He said to me that a lot of people say a lot of stuff, but they don't stand in that place of, you know what, I believe for this healing, but I'm just going to say it, I'm not going to stand for it. And God said to me, there's two places that we can stand. We can stand over here, which is a place of hope and expectancy, like John was saying. And I love that word expectancy because I think us Christians use our Christianese and say, oh yeah, we hope for everything, like the sun's going to come out or, or whatever. And actually, we don't expect for it. We expect for something worse to happen. And actually, I was looking at the definition of hope, hope and hopelessness. And it comes under hopelessness. The world has put in the thesaurus that this is actually over here is a place of truth and fact. And me growing up as a Christian, I was like, well, that's not right. Because my truth and fact is over where it says that I stand in that joyful expectancy, knowing that God's going to do something, even when something's going wrong, I know that something's going to happen. I know that God's going to do something because I'm expecting it, not because I'm hoping for it, because I'm expecting it. I just want to tell a story. 
um, of a little boy and of his father. And the father's car breaks down and they're living in this place. The dad goes, oh, it's all right. Just go and play out in the field. Go and have fun and I'll fix the car. And the little boy's like, all right, okay, that's fine. I'll go over here. And he's about here. And the dad's going, oh, don't go too far. And he's like, oh, no, dad, it's fine. And then he goes over here a bit. And he's like, the dad's going, oh, son, son, just, just be careful. Just be careful. You don't know what's over there. Oh, well, dad, the grass is greener over here. Has anyone ever heard that saying? The grass is greener on the other side. And the dad's going over here. Well, don't go too far. Don't go too far. Make sure I can see in the... Son's going, oh, well, it's even greener over here. There's a bit more water. I can play in the river a little bit. And then the dad's over here, and he sees something moving in the bushes. And he's saying, son, son, just, just come over here. Just come over here. Because he doesn't want to shout because he might scare this thing in the bushes and get it to go for his son. And the son's like, oh, no, dad, it's okay. It's okay. And he goes a little bit further away. And the dad's at this point is going, son, son, come back over here. And the boy's so far over that this lion comes out of the bushes and sweeps away his son. And God really highlighted to me that we can be over here and in this place in our sure, certain expectancy, expecting God to do something but... Then a temptation will come. Oh, well, if I just go this little bit further, if I miss so many weeks of church, I'm going to get a better promotion. Oh, well, I, I really like that girl, so I'm just going to sleep with her. No one will know because that's between me and God. You know, no one knows. Because let's, let's be real. I think we've, we've done so much Christianese where we've said that, oh, well, we're going to hope for the right things, but we're not expecting. But who knows that the devil's a roaring lion? And he's over here lurking in the bushes. And if we play around the fire for too long, we're going to lose our eye off, off the prize, off our sure expectancy. When, when David went into the valley to see Goliath, I love that. When he was in the valley, he went down and he picked the stones up. When he was in the lowest, worst part. And in Romans 5, 3, it says... We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And even though we hear that, or even you'll go through a dark valley and that'll be your problem period. And this is where David picked his stones up. And I believe that when David was going to defeat Goliath, even before he let go of that stone, Goliath was dead because he expected God to do something. He didn't, he didn't hope God was going to do something because he wasn't living in this place. He wasn't playing with all the world stuff where he goes, oh yeah, it's okay God. I can see. I'll do my Sunday duties. I'll do the teas. And then I'll go and play with all the other world stuff for six days a week. It, he, David was stood in this place of actually, you know what? I've got these stones and I know my enemy and I know my God. Because God had brought David from a place of, you know what, this, the, the process is, Jesus knows, I know who Jesus is, but when I'm living from this place, I know who God is in me, and that is the difference. The difference is, the difference is that 
we have the victory in this place. It says in that verse in Romans 5 to go and check it out. It says that we live in victory because of what Jesus has done, not of what he's doing, for what he's done. So wherever you guys are today, don't live in this place where the world wants to say that this is fact and truth because it's not. It's not this is fact and this is truth because of what our Savior has done for us. Thank you very much.